1: the Morning Grind. Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS Slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young.
2: Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it is May 15th, it's 2019, and we have 12 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. Four early games, eight games on the main slate. We're going to break them all down for you guys and uh, get you guys ready for this slate. I'm joined by my buddy, gd for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend?
1: I mean, it's going to be a semi-profitable day with about 70% exposure to the A's. So I've been better, I've been worse.
2: <laughs> hey when you when you stack up a team and you still don't uh you don't lose money technically you know you got to be happy yeah yeah no that's what i'm
1: happy about it it's a, but it's always terrible when you have a full stack with over 100 points and then you end up with like 113 that, that's never a great
2: scenario oh for sure no i get it uh, so FanDuel included the, the the LA-Minnesota game on their early slate. So we're going to break down the four games at 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock for the early slate, and then we'll jump in to the main slate. If you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there check them out. It's FantasyDraft.com. Sign up through the Roto-Grinders link, so we get access to Roto-Grinders Premium for Fantasy Draft for three months. You'll also get access to any cool promos that we run with fantasy draft they got a bunch of stuff going on they got pga stuff they got mlb stuff um so if you haven't checked them out go over there check them out will or man i just called you will i've been i've done four podcasts in a row with will so i apologize but it was like it was like second nature to call you will like i i man like i I fired that guy too Yeah, no, I'm I'm okay with
1: it. I I I don't feel any disrespect being called Will. If you called me, I don't know <laughs> Dean or something, I might mean, be a little bit angry.
2: Yeah, listen, I, I, don't, a, I don't I don't want to go out on don't I don't want to like embarrass you calling you Dean. At least like Will, like you're okay. But yeah, Dean, I would be mad too. All right, Grant, let's get started. L.A. at Minnesota, nine and a half total. Trevor Cahill against Jake Odorizzi. Odorizzi a one fifty favorite. Any interest here in Cahill?
1: Not really. I mean, he's got decent enough stuff, but the Twins have over a five implied total. It's decent hitting weather here. They are a tough lineup. I mean, I guess you can go... I I guess a lot of it depends on if the San Fran gate plays, because then ownership is going to be a little bit more um, compressed on a few guys. But I'm assuming the weather is going to be bad, so you can use Cahill, but he's probably my third or fourth favorite or fourth or fifth favorite option here he's in play just because of his decent strikeout ability and just maybe babbitt and home run to fly ball variance goes away but this minnesota team's a tough lineup and i don't really want to have to deal with it
2: yeah Cahill is probably not my favorite um play and i I like the offenses in this game so it's kind of where i'm going to end up and you know where this game is in plays on Fanduel and like one pitcher sites like i'm probably playing Granky. Um, not to spoil anything or anything like that, but, you know, that that's kind of where I'm at. So I like the offenses here. I don't mind Jake Otorizzi if there was a two-pitcher site that he was available on, but that's just not the case here. So, you know, I, I don't like Jake Otorizzi on FanDuel being the second-highest-priced pitcher on the slate.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, again, you're right. If it was a two-pitcher site, then that'd be a different thing. Um, But one pitcher, there's three clear options you want for your – pitcher and odor is probably the fourth option so yeah i'm out on odor he he's gives up a whole lot of hard contact and this la team just doesn't strike out a high enough rate for him to be worth it
2: yeah and he's been a lot better this season just in general you know he's pitching really well his iso is way way down this year and you know he's he's pitched really well he's using the cutter a little bit more But like you said, they just don't strike out that often. They have three guys with strikeout rates over 20%, and then everybody else on this lineup has strikeout rate under 17%. So, you know, a few strikeouts towards the bottom of the order with Goodwin and, you know, Bohr, but still not enough that, you know, I get super excited on a one pitcher site. Let's talk bats in this game, you know, starting with the Angels – Odorizzi throughout his career has been kind of a reverse splits guy. A lot of fly balls, a lot of hard contact, the righties. Um, I like Trout. I like Otani in this spot. Um, outside of that, you know, I always have a tough time playing guys for the Angels.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's an interesting spot here. I mean, you're right. Trout is one of the best hitters in baseball. Odorizzi is a little bit reverse splitsy or maybe at this point in his career, maybe splits neutral. Who knows? But uh, in any case, it's a great spot for Trout, or a good spot for Trout here. Notani's just always a little bit too cheap, and he's such a good hitter that I don't care if Odorizzi is a little bit reverse splitsy. I'm still going to use him. But outside of him, like, I don't really want to play Listella with Re- Odorizzi's reverse splits, even with the amount of power that La had this year. Goodwin's been good this year, but I don't want to use him. I'm not using Boer. Like, there's really no one else I really want in this lineup here it's trout it's otani and if you really want to round out stacks you're over on FanDuel. i mean you can round it out with pretty much anyone like so stella simmons goodwins but it's it's really not a high positive eb thing it's more about just stacking
2: uh, let's talk the twins you know you already kind of mentioned that this is a really solid lineup you know way better than last year has been this team and you know polanco Rosario, maybe Cruz is back in the lineup here, but Polanco, Rosario, my two favorites, Kepler, Cruz, if they're in there, CJ Crone. You know, I, I like to attack high fly ball guys against Cahill, and you know, Kepler and Rosario, R- Polanco, all kind of fit that build.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I just, I pretty much want anyone with power going up against Cahill. Forty-one uh, percent hard hit rate since the beginning of last year, and this Minnesota team, two hundred ISO. Uh, for seven other nine batters in here. It's only Gonzalez and Buxton that are not over 200 here. So I'm really good with any of them, but you're right. You target the fly ball guys that have some power, and Rosario, Polanco, and Kepler, and Cruz that can hit the ball out of en- the park anywhere. And, and then Crone is always a guy that they end up throwing in because he does have a bunch of power. But this is one of the top stacks on the entire slate, probably, probably number two in all reality here. Um, and I'm, I'll, I'll play a lot of them over on FanDuel if I'm playing over there.
2: All right, moving on to the Baltimore Yankees game. It sounds like it's going to be David Hess versus J-Hap in the early game. There's no total on this one, but I would expect J-Hap to be pretty popular, um, and a big favorite here. Uh, so any interest in David Hess? No um j-hap you know obviously we have some interest here in hap you know it's a lefty going up against baltimore that's been a thing all year you know this game these guys you know haven't played a game in a couple days with the weather up in new york but this is a spot that like i just like hap. there's no real threat on this baltimore team against left-handed pitching
1: yeah yeah they're just not really a great team and they strike out like projected 27% K rate since beginning of last year for this lineup here going up against lefties and Hap. I mean, it's been hit or miss a bit this season, but he's still a very good pitcher here. I I don't like him as much as I like Grinky, um, but he's probably the second guy that ended up going on this slate, so he's very much in play here. And if you're stacking up the Yankees, it's not a bad idea to throw him in there for, get that win
2: uh, with him. Yep um baltimore bats anything really standing out to you here for baltimore no yeah it's kind of where i'm at i don't really see anything here um you know you want power righties maybe mancini would be the only guy you know against half you want power righties um as far as the yankees they're the top stack on this early slate you know you you try to fit in as many of these guys you can i'm sure you agree with me you know this is just a spot david Hess, a, a guy that You could target with righties or lefties. does not matter. Very low strikeout rate. Tons of hard contact. And this is a spot where I'm going to play as many of these guys as I can. I know they're going to be chalky, and I don't care.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, right there with you. It just – Hess is one of the worst pitchers in the entire league. And these Yanks got power. Uh, We don't have a current total for this game yet, but I'm guessing the Yanks are probably going to be a higher implied total than the – twins are right now and you just want to fit him in your lineup as much as you possibly can does Hess kind of look like cam
2: (laughs) a little bit you know not not really but a little bit
1: i don't know know. i'm not very good at. i'm not good with faces i have partial face blindness
2: (laughs) pittsburgh at arizona chris archer zach cranky seven and a half total here um you know, we always talk about whether the roof being open, the roof or being closed, and almost always on a day game it's closed. It's projected to be closed here. And I really do think that makes a difference. Uh, Chris Archer, any interest here in Archer?
1: Uh, he's third on the list after Grinke and Hap. Um, Just He's one of the guys on the slate with some actual strikeout upside here. Uh, if the roof's closed, then it's a better hitter or better pitcher's ballpark. So, yeah, Archer is the third guy to go with after Happ and Greenkey. if you want to go a little bit less owned or if you need a little bit of salary.
2: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, you know, Greenkey on the other side of this game, like, he's the guy I'm playing on one-pitcher sites um, in cash games. You know, you can make an argument for Happ in tournaments, um just to be different, and you know, to save some money to you know stack the Yankees in, in general. But um, this is just a really good spot for grankey uh, You know, obviously the Pittsburgh team doesn't strike out that often. They do have some pop, but you know Granky is one of the safer options on the slate.
1: Yeah, he's probably you no. Know, yeah, I don't. I, again, I don't like the term safety anymore. But the Pirates do have a three point three three implied team total. His hard hit rate is a little bit less worrisome when the dome is closed. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's the top arm here. Yep. Um, any bats on the Pittsburgh side? No. I mean, maybe Polanco, but, uh, like, just power one-offs is what you can do, which is pretty much Polanco and Bell, and I'm not overly enthused on either of them.
2: Yeah, like, Bell's hot. you know, if you want to continue to play the hot hand, like Josh Bell's smoking. He had two home runs on Tuesday. I don't mind Bell. But that's really it. Him, him and Polanco, kind of it. Um, Arizona side of things against Archer coming off the IL, any interest? Uh,
1: the power bats. Uh, Walker, Peralta, Escobar. Archer can still give up a whole lot of power. And if you really want a round a stack, I don't mind throwing Jones in there as the addition. Um, it's going to be a lower-owned stack. And I'm guessing Archer is going to have a decent amount of ownership here. So it's not a terrible play for tournaments. I mean, this is a three or four... But probably going to be a three game slate. So you got to find bats somewhere outside of Minnesota and the Yankees. And I think the power bats here are probably some of the best to go with.
2: Yeah. And it could turn into a two game slate on DraftKings. Um, Toronto at San Francisco, Edwin Jackson, Sean Anderson. No total in this one, but we do have a lot of rain. You know, Kevin Roth kind of warned us about this game when he did the report on Tuesday and said that it was going to be a lot worse uh, on Wednesday. You know, I'm seeing like 75% chance of rain almost all all game and then through almost to the night time. So uh I'd be shocked this one plays, but we'll talk about it really quick just in case it does. Um I have zero interest in either one of these pitchers. Um th- that's for sure. Agreed. Um, as far as the bats go in this game, you know, obviously Vlad coming off a two-home run game is a little interesting. Smoke, Gritchik. You know, you know the guys the target for Toronto here.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, pretty much the same guys as always. And like, if it turns into what might be, or if it's only a three game slate, but if it turns into an unlikely that is going to play, I mean, you can just stack up this whole game. There's a chance that the other four lineups really don't do anything, in which that case it's kind of all or nothing here. But like, there's no bats that really appeal to me that much in the San Francisco part up. side of Smoke, Guerrero and Gritchick pretty much, and maybe Belt on the other side.
2: Yeah, Belt or Duggar, you know, really the only two guys I have interest in the other side on um, in this game. So, you know, anybody that's cheap, if this game does play like Mac Williamson is really cheap on Fandle. Um against um, Edwin Jackson or they're saying that it could be um Pannone Pannone Pennon Anyway, um, he's a lefty, so Mac Williamson would be interesting if that happens. But yeah, just gonna have to watch the weather in this one. Attack the cheap bats. You know that that's that's probably my best advice from this game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the game plays, gosh, the
1: entire Oakland lineup just struck out. Gosh.
2: That they did. It's time for spring cleaning. Quips got an easy way to start with your brushing habits. Just two minutes twice a day can help pave the way to a healthier mouth and mind. And now the whole family can get refreshed with Quip. The new kids Quip has the same two-minute timer and guiding pulses as the original version with no childish gimmicks so they can brush just like a grown-up. The built-in two-minute timer pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and help you clean your whole mouth evenly. Up to 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes or don't clean evenly. The multi-use cover works as a stand, mounts to mirrors, and slides over your bristles to pack and protect your Quip on the go. It declutters your sink or cabinet and makes traveling with an electric toothbrush easier. Plus, there are no wires or clunky charger, and it runs for three months on a single charge. One of the reasons that I love Quip is I'm always on the go. I'm always at races. I'm always busy, busy, busy. So the two-minute timer, the 30-second pulses to remind me when to switch and how easy it is to take it with me on the go is always really awesome. So that's why I love Quip and why over 1 million happy healthy mouths do too. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash rotogrinders right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at dot com slash rotogrinders. We move on to the main slate. We got eight games on the main slate on this one. And, you know, we had a lot of, Upper tier pitchers on the slate yesterday. You know, we look at this slate and, you know, obviously we have some good options. So this one's going to be interesting. We get started though with Milwaukee at Philadelphia, nine total with Gio Gonzalez and Jake Arietta on the hill. Arietta, 122 favorite. Do you have any interest here in Gio Gonzalez?
1: No. No, I mean, I don't want to play him. It's not that great. And this Philly lineup is very good. And that's the end of analysis.
2: Yeah, they have a lot of righties too. They're gonna they're gonna throw a lot of righties at him. You know, Harper might be the only lefty in the lineup, and you know he's not your typical left-handed hitter. So, as much as I don't hate playing Geo in certain spots, I think this is a bad spot to attack this. And um, you know, you are getting a little bit of a discount on on him at sixteen three. You know, but I just don't think this is the right spot to attack the discount. Jake Arietta on the other side of this game, low strikeout rate nowadays. Um he's been a lot worse to lefties, and just kind of the same reason that I don't like Geo, they're gonna platoon big time against Arietta here and throw a lot of lefties at him. So I'm gonna pass on both pitchers in this game. Do you have any thoughts on Arietta?
1: No, no, no interest in using him. There's way too many good lefties in this lineup. Arietta is just not the high upside pitcher. He once was, he doesn't, he's only got 20% K rate since beginning of last year. He's not as good of a pitcher closing in on a 4.3 XFIP since the beginning of last year. And there's a lot of power, not too many strikeouts, nothing in his favor here. I have no interest in him.
2: All right. Anytime you're taking bats against um, Arietta you got to look and see how they do against sinkers. Christian Yelich, 469 Woba. 268 ISO with a 49 percent hard hit rate against sinkers since the start of 2016. Yasmani Grandal, Eric Dames, Mike Moustakas—those four guys have mashed sinkers, and those are the lefties. It, it just kind of makes sense. Like these, these four guys are really, really in play here in this um, hitter-friendly ballpark.
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely agree here. They're all very good plays. Obviously, Yelich is one of the top plays on the entire slate on any given day, and this day is no different. Really like him, really like Moose, really like Thames. But I don't mind rounding out a full stack here. I mean, the Brewers have a 4.35 implied team total, and people don't generally stack as much against Arietta as they used to, so it kind of lowers uh, their ownership a little bit. But uh, the lefty power bats are the first ones I'm going with.
2: Yeah, and uh, oh, they just called up – I can't think of his name. Um, Hira? right? Yeah. Keston Hira, Um, they just called him up. He's 3,200. If he's in the lineup, I have interest in him. Um, he's, he was really good at triple a, um, and I was shocked that see him get called up, but obviously it makes a ton of sense with Travis Shaw going on the IL. So if he's in there, he's kind of a cash game play for me at 3,200 at second base. Um, the Philadelphia side of things, obviously you got to like Hoskins here. Um, you know, maybe Harper gets the day off. He was complaining about his knee being a little bit sore um after the game on tuesday so maybe he gets the day off here and you can like maybe play like you know two or three maybe like franco gets a better lineup spot or something here
1: yeah it wouldn't surprise me if harper does get the day off throw him up there um but like i, I guess they end up throwing is all there still, still in the lineup uh he, if harper does get the day off might throw him in instead of nick williams against the lefty there uh but in any case i'm Hoskins the top guy here in this lineup here real Muto is a great play and I don't mind Segura, but I'm mostly looking for some of these power guys um, Geo doesn't give up a huge amount of fly balls and doesn't give up a whole lot of hard contact, but he is beat a little bit more by Righties, and if this is gonna be a righty heavy lineup, then he walks righties at a whole lot higher rate and doesn't strike him out as nearly the same clip so um, this is more of a stack spot and then taking the power one-offs with Hoskins and real Muto, but uh, Franco gets a better lineup spot then I don't mind throwing him in there too.
2: Yeah. You know, you mentioned, you know, geo, a guy that gets ground balls and like, w- we have to like Hoskins here. He has a 50% fly ball rate against lefty since the start of last season, Franco around 43%. So this is just a spot that those are probably my two favorite plays. I'm hoping that if Harper gets the day off, Franco draws a really good lineup spot and like, I can just play those two guys and call it a day. Uh, Moving on, we got the Mets and the the Nationals, eight and a half total here. Wilmer Font against Patrick Corbin. You know, Corbin's a 162 favorite here. Any interest in Font?
1: No, no. uh, He's. No, just no. Uh, Washington has one of the highest implied totals on the board here. Font's not very good. He's not cheap enough. Just no.
2: Yeah, and he's not going to pitch deep into this game. You know, he's kind of just filling a, a a hole here until Mats or Vargas gets back. You know, he threw 60 pitches in his last start against San Diego. Not very good, like you said, and, you know, just not worth a roster spot, even on a slate where there's not a ton of pitching, but there's enough. Um, I do like Patrick Corbin here. You know, he's been really bad recently. He started the season off really good. Back at home against a Mets team that – you know, is very beatable by left-handed pitching. There's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup um, as far as facing lefties. So I like Corbin. I don't love his price, but I do like Corbin here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. His price is a little bit hard to swallow when we can get Verlander for a G more here. Um, But he's definitely very much in play. Um, Great K rate going up against a lineup that like it it struggles against lefties. I mean there's Conforto in there, there's Cano in there, there's McNeil in there. Three of their best bats are all lefties here. So it does give Corbin a little bit of an advantage here. Um, but I just don't know if he's worth the 10k price tag. And there's other guys I'm gonna look at, but he's just looking at raw points, top three, top four arm on the board.
2: Yeah, it's kind of that's kind of where I'm at too. Like I don't know if I end up on him because of price. Um you know, I, I'm going to always look to, you know, pivot a little bit off of um the chalkier pitchers. So I know Verlander is going to be pretty chalky today. So I, I don't mind maybe like pivoting a little bit, you know, and, and playing Corbin on a couple tournament teams here. So, you know, he's 9,400 on Fandle. You're getting a, you know, a really good discount on Fanduel, like $2,600 from Verlander. So Maybe that's where you play him a little bit more. But, yeah, I like Corbin here. Um, nothing really standing out to me on the Mets. Uh, Alonzo's been really good against lefties when he makes contact. He's, you know, a guy that's kind of like a strikeout or power bat. So, um, don't mind a tournament spot with Alonzo. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's he could just crush the ball pretty much any given time here. But uh, he's slowed down a bit since the beginning of the year where he was just absolutely destroying things. I don't hate it as a one-off, but I'm I'm likely not going on my way to roster him. I'm probably just fading Mets-Bets.
2: Yeah, Wilson Ramos, a catcher uh, against the lefty. I don't hate that either. Um, let's see here. Moving on to the other side of this game, um, what's standing out to you, if anything, here for Washington?
1: Soto, Robles, Rendon all power guys font's not a great pitcher so i don't mind a full stack here either you can include eaton you can include dozier he's not going to be in there that late into the game and if if things get a little bit out of hand they're going to get thrown the bad bullpen arms afterwards so a full stack's very much in play. but if you're just looking at for looking at one-offs it's obviously soto 404 WOBA versus righties and over 200 iso and then rendon with how well he's done this year He's the second guy I'd look with, but a full stack is very much in order here against fun that what could be a bad bullpen
2: game. All right. Um, moving on Houston at Detroit, it's going to be Justin Verlander versus it sounds like it's going to be Gregory Soto. Um, you know, they had to use so much of the bullpen in the game on Tuesday. And it looks like he's going to get called up from double a to pitch in this game uh, from the reports that I was reading before. Uh, he, he got called up and he pitched a game in, earlier this season. It was the second he- second part of the doubleheader against Minnesota. And uh, he, in four innings, allowed seven earned runs on nine hits, uh, one home run, put up negative fantasy points. So I don't really have any interest in Gregory Soto, but I do have interest here in Justin Verlander, who is probably going to be the, the biggest favorite on the slate by a large margin. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if we see him push like minus 300 here.
1: Oh, yeah. I uh, wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Houston's been crushing the ball. We saw what they did yesterday, Soto's not good. Verlander's very good. Detroit's not a very good hitting lineup. All signs point towards Verlander. He's clearly the first guy you put in for cash. Um, and for tournaments, I don't see many ways to get off of him. Yes, this is baseball. Yes, this year has been a whole lot less consistent, but your highest likelihood of putting up a big score is going to be with Verlander. And I'd rather go with just, like, a trash pitcher like Geo um, with Verlander than going with two of the mid-tier guys, I think. But I'm going to try and fit Verlander in a better arm in there. So he's the first guy I'm throwing into my lineup pretty much every single time.
2: Yep, I I really like the spot for Verlander. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Great spot to attack him. Uh, Houston, you know, right back to the well. Top stack on the slate. Um, They should score plenty of runs in this spot uh to pay off their price tags. This is a spot you you try to fit them in. They're going to be the most popular, you know, stack on the slate, but they're in just an amazing spot here.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's probably going to be a little tough to fit all of them in there uh if you do throw Verlander in. So that's we're kind of going to run into the same situation we had yesterday where it's you want you're paying a decent amount for arms, so it's a little bit tough to get all these Houston bats in there, but you want to get as many of them in as you can. So it's not good. And Detroit's bullpen's not good. And Houston's bats are very good. So yeah. Every single Houston bat, basically. Every single Houston bat is in play.
2: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, you just take the cheap ones you can. Um they're probably oh, just have to kind of see what the lineup looks like. You know, they are without Al Marisnik's banged up right now, so You know, even if like Josh Reddick's in there, uh, it's, I know it's a lefty lefty matchup, but how long is this lefty going to last? And not only that, like this bullpen got beat up really bad on Tuesday. So, you know, you're going to get the really bad part of the bullpen here if they get to this young kid early. So, um, just, just going to look at and see what this lineup looks like. But I'm going to try to fit in a lot of these guys. I hope Torinos gets the day off and we can play. Stacy, who's like three k an excellent cash game catcher, so you know I, I do like this spot for Houston I'm gonna load up on these bats. I'm right there with you. Uh, do you have any interest in the Detroit bats? Nope, let's move on um Ryan Ryan Stanek against Jose Arena Stanek's gonna open this game for Tampa, and then it sounds like it's gonna be Jalen Beaks um that's gonna come in <laughs> you know how how you know trusting Tampa is always fun. uh do you have any interest here in Beeks, if it is going to be Beaks? You know my rule.
1: I never want to use Ray's long relief, guys. I sometimes do, but it's never Beaks. Um, even against Miami, I still don't think I want to use Beaks here.
2: Yeah, I want to, I want to like, get, like, I have to have it, like, confirmed that, like, it's going to be Beaks. Because if it's going to be Beaks, I have interest. Because this Miami team is bad, and they're even worse against left-handed pitching. So, if it's going to be Beaks, I have slight interest. Um, but I have zero interest in Jose Arena. Yeah, and one thing to uh, –
1: yeah, no interest in Jose Arena. But one thing to say about uh, Miami versus lefties is they're not good versus lefties. So there's probably a bit of safety in there. You're likely to get see Beaks get the win. But they just don't strike out a huge clip depending on what the lineup is. So I, I don't really want to use – I mean – I guess i would also look to see what lineup they end up putting out, and it may make Beaks be a little bit more interesting. Um, if they, for some reason, decide to go with a bit more left-handed heavy lineup, like maybe you throw Granderson in their leadoff, then it's not the worst idea in the world to go with Beaks there. But if they don't play it uh, like they're facing Beaks, or if they do play it like they're facing Beaks, then it's not a good lineup to go against in terms of upside.
2: Yeah, and the interesting thing, like, obviously about Beaks, too, is he's, like, 7,600, and we don't have, like, a – we have a couple cheap guys that we can take some shots on, but none of those guys are under 8K. So, like, he's probably my favorite pitcher under 8K. And if I'm going to try to stack Houston up, like, I'm perfectly okay with maybe, like, a Beaks and one of these other guys just to kind of make it work. So um, that's where Beaks is going to become interesting. But, again, going to have to find out, like, from Tampa's beat writers and stuff, if this is who they are, you know, project to be in there. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk bats in this game. We'll start with Tampa. You know, Miami, not a great hitter's ballpark, um, but Jose Arena is not a great pitcher. Do you have any interest here in the Tampa bats?
1: I probably won't up stacking there. I hate stacking teams in Tampa. I mean, in Miami, but... Like, this this Tampa Bay team is very good, and is not a very good pitcher. They're going to be putting the ball in play a lot. I mean, I'd start with Lowe, Choi, Mattos if he's back in the lineup there, Fam and Diaz, and Garcia. Like, all these guys have a bunch of power, and they can still hit it out of the yard. I mean, what was it? Garcia just hit 470-yard bomb today. It was impressive. Um But like this team still has enough power, and they can just put the ball in play over and over and over again. So I do have interest in a stack. If the prices are right, then I have interested interest in some of the bats here, Um, just strictly based on that. But it looks like the only guy that's really cheap enough is Choi to take as a one-off and have it still be worth it.
2: Yeah, you know I don't actually hate. Um, in this spot, depending on where he's hitting. I know he hasn't been great this season, but he's a guy that can get on and steal bases. Um, and if he hits a ball in the gap here, it's probably going to be a double or triple. Again, he hasn't been great, but you know, even his price on DraftKings is really high at you know 4K, but he's 2,800 on FanDuel. Maybe that's where I look at him a little bit more, but I like the stolen base upside in this spot. Um, for a guy like Kevin Kiermaier.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I hate that play
2: um miami (laughs) nope yeah i I got nothing um you know even when we look at these this team against lefties there's just nothing that like you know there's some low strikeout rates like you mentioned but that doesn't (laughs) mean that they're great at hitting the baseball um because they're just not
1: yeah no i mean i don't like stacking miami i may do it on a small enough slate but i don't think there is Unless it's a two-game slate, there's not a slate small enough for me to use Miami in Miami.
2: Yep. Uh, Moving on, we got uh, Colorado at Boston. Herman Marquez against Eduardo Rodriguez. What a game by Chris Sale on Tuesday, by the way. Um, Just absolutely a dominating performance. 17 strikeouts in seven innings is just crazy. Um, Rodriguez, a 150 favorite here. Do you have any interest in Herman Marquez?
1: Yes, a lot. He's one, He's probably my favorite GPB pitcher. This kid is very good, and, I mean, I, he's not played or not pitched well over in uh, Colorado this year, but he's pitched great everywhere else. He's got a strikeout rate above 30 going against righties, and, I mean, there's going to be four lefties in here, but he's still not bad at versus them, too. He's priced high enough where he's going to have super – Low ownership here going up against Boston over in Boston. Um, it's not going to be terribly hot there tomorrow. And they have a 4.6 implied team total. No one's going to be on Erman. It's that simple. And he has legitimately some of the, maybe the highest upside on the slate outside of Verlander. And people are going to immediately go with Erod, with Maeda, with Corbin, or with Verlander instead of him. You get a five percent guy with thirty five point upside. it's going to it's always a great option. He's my favorite GPP play would not trust him in cash, but he is my favorite GPP play on this entire slate.
2: yeah, I was gonna say I like him a lot for tournaments as well. I hate playing pitchers against Boston. They're very, very hot right now uh so obviously it's super risky, but the upside is certainly there. There's enough upside to, you know, take the risk and he, and he's not 10 K. So like, you, you know, you're taking the risk at a little bit cheaper price tag. So I like Marquez here. Uh, you know, he's not my favorite GPP play, like you said, but I completely understand why you said it. Um, I, I do like the upside here, you know, and on the other side of this game, Eduardo Rodriguez, one of the most frustrating guys in sports, just to watch play the game that he plays. But you know, it's hard not to like him in this spot, Colorado, Struggles against left-handed pitching. They struggle even more on the road. Outside of Arenado and Story, there's just there's a lot of um strikeouts in this lineup and not a lot of upside. Yeah. You look at the lineup, it's a twenty-four point seven
1: percent projected K rate versus lefties um since beginning of last year for these Rockies. And like they ha- they're almost guaranteed to have at least two, probably three left handed bats um in their lineup today. So you want to roll with Erod. He's much, much better versus lefties. 32% K rate since the beginning of last year. And he's very still fairly good at, against righties. And you look at a few of these righties, and they do not walk at a high rate. I mean, Story is a great hitter, but only 6.3% walk rate versus lefties. Iannetta walks at a high clip, but he's really not someone I'm worried about. Desmond walks only at a 6.9% rate. It's really Arenado and Reynolds that you worry about walking and working the count there, but Reynolds has a 30% K rate. So the upside is absolutely there. They only have a 3.8 implied team total. You're really just worried about Erod getting beat up by Arenado or story here. He's priced way too cheap at a 200. He's clearly going to be the chalk. He's the SP two for cash. It's Verlander and it's Erod in cash. And there's zero question in my mind. I don't think there's going to be anything that changed that for me. Um, by tomorrow, but even in tournaments like, like we said earlier, if we're thinking about guys like Beeks, Geo, and Waka in the under eight k range, and those are the best options, you just deal with the ownership with the rod.
2: Yep, couldn't agree more. Um, as far as Rockies bats, we pretty much said it. You know, Story or Arenado are the two guys you want to look at in this spot.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're both very, very good versus lefties.
2: And I do not hate having a Nolan Arenado team that has (laughs) Eduardo Rodriguez on it for what it's worth. Um, No issues with that on this slate. Uh, As far as the Boston bats, you know, they would be like a stack for me. I don't think I would try to play one-off here uh, against Marquez. If I'm going to do it, it's a stack and that's it. I don't love it. Probably not going to do it, but that's how I would approach them if I was going to play them.
1: Yeah, it's a stack, and I think that I'm probably targeting the lefties more. I mean, outside of, like, Betts, JD, both are very expensive, and Moreland's a little bit tough to throw into your lineup at 4700 there, but Devers and Benintendi are both a little bit too cheap compared to all the rest of the guys. They'd be the first two guys I go within a stack, but throwing JD, Betts, and Moreland into them, or even Chavez, is not the worst idea in the world if you're going to stack it up, and I'm... I can guarantee I'll have a lot of Marquez, but I'll have at least one Boston hedge stack.
2: Yeah. Like I, I love the idea of a hedge stack here, you know, especially when you're planning on playing them as much as I am. Uh, we got Mike, uh, Michael Waka against Mike, uh, Mike Sorica um, nine and a half total here. Sorica is a one forty-eight 48 favorite. Uh, any interest here in Waka?
1: Mm, no, like, it, as of right now, no, but that could change. He could be one of the guys that I end up looking at just strictly for price um, savings. But it's not a good spot, and he's not a very good pitcher, and this will likely not end well.
2: Yeah, um, I'm probably not going to go there on walk. I hate opposing pitchers going into Atlanta. It's a tough place to go into, Um It is not as hot as it usually is um, in Atlanta, so that helps them a little bit, but not enough in my opinion. Um, Any interest here in Sorica? A little bit. Um, So one thing to note is
1: that the Cardinals have a 4.3 implied team total, but Braves' bullpen has not been great this year. Sorica's a decent pitcher and has done fairly well this year. Um, He's got good stuff, and this Cardinals lineup is not, like, bad by any means. It's got power all the way up and down. Doesn't have a high K rate, but this slate, like, there's not that many pitching options, and I can guarantee that Sorok is not going to be that high owned considering that Erod is about 600 less than him. So he's a decent pivot off of Erod if you can get the extra 600 in your lineup here.
2: Yeah, so Sorok has my favorite tournament play. You know, you mentioned Marquez being yours. Um, very right-handed heavy offense. Outside of you know Carpenter, Fowler, Wong, uh, the middle of this lineup, very right-handed heavy. Yeah, they don't strike out a ton, uh, but they don't hit you know a ton of home runs out, outside of Ozuna either this season. Um, so I, I like this spot. You know, Goldschmidt is always the guy that you know concerns me the most. He's been the best in this lineup against sinkers as well. But when you start looking into the numbers against sliders, you start to see how much these guys start to whiff on sliders. You get really excited because Sorka has a really good slider. So this dude has a 233 Woba with a .043 ISO and a 25.6% K rate against righties this season. Generates a ton of soft contact with a sinker. I think this is a spot that Vegas having him as a favorite here but this total seems a little high for me. Um, I'm going to bet the under here. And I think Sorica is a really good tournament play.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind that. Like I said, I'm it's a decent pivot off of Erod, but I prefer Marquez.
2: Yeah. I completely understand. Um, Bats in this game, you know, Goldie, like the pro, like battle, batted ball profile wise, Goldie, like super scary in this spot. This is a really, really good spot for him, batted ball profile wise.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't mind Goldie. Um, his price is too cheap considering. And then Carp, still as always, too cheap. Uh, 3800 on DK. Like they just need to raise his price. It's making it obvious to throw him in cash almost every single day with his first and third eligibility and his price tag. Anytime he's going up against a righty.
2: Yep. Always like Carpenter. I know he's off to a slow start, but he'll come around. I'm not worried about it. Um, on the Atlanta side of things, you know, when we look at Waka this year, he's been really, really bad. I think the Atlanta stack is actually, actually in play today. You know, their implied totals over five, which is one of the better ones on this slate behind Houston. And – you know, just looking at how bad Waka's been this season, like if he's going to continue to pitch this bad and he's not going to prove us wrong, like the stack is very much in play today.
1: Yep. No, nope. take righties, take lefties against him. He's historically been a bit worse versus righties than lefties, a little bit reverse splitsy. Um, but he's been bad to both sides. And he's giving up a 40% hard contact rate to lefties this year. And Freeman i will play against anyone. So... Albies, Donaldson, Freeman, Swanson, Acuna, all very much in play. A full stacks in play. You can throw Mark Marquez in there. It's one of the top stacks on the board.
2: Yep. Brian McCann hitting the ball really well this season, too, at catcher. Um, I hate paying up at catcher, but he's certainly somebody you want to look at if you do want to pay up at catcher on the slate. Texas at Kansas City. Nine total. Mike Miner against uh, Jorge Lopez. Um, Mike Miner. Um, any interest here in Miner? I mean... He's
1: another guy that no one's going to play. That's been very good this year. It's uh, I just can you stomach paying nine four for Mike Miner against Kansas
2: City? I can. <laughs> Why not? You know, this is a team that I guess it really depends on what the lineup looks like too. Because like if Gordon's in there, um, if O'Hern's in there, you know, obviously it becomes a better lineup for Miner. But he's been really good this year. Like it, it's hard to argue like how good he's been. Um, there's a lot of strikeouts like Soler 39, Gutierrez 36, Owings 46, Molinato, 30%, Mondesi 25%. There's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup.
1: I don't want to, but yeah, yeah, I guess
2: he's had a 40 point game against Seattle and a 40 point game against like the Angels. Like the other 30 point game,
1: I know I'm I. Just 9 4 is so tough to stomach for
2: him. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I get it. I understand. Like, nobody wants to pay that price for Mike Minor. And that's why, you know, he should be pretty low owned on the slate, you know, facing a team that strikes out a ton uh, against lefties.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's a little bit easier to pay for over on FanDuel. I'll probably get more exposure to him over there.
2: Yeah, I, I can get that. I can combine that um, for sure. But, you know, I, I certainly have some tournament exposure to him on DraftKings as well. Um, I, I do like it. Like, 26 in Team Woba, 73rd or 73 WRC Plus as a team against lefties and a 23.5% K rate against lefties. Like, I like the spot. I like the spot, and I think the total's too high in this game. Um, I don't have any interest in um, Lopez, though. Yeah, I don't
1: think I can go with Lopez. Um well, let me let me rephrase that. I will have at least probably one Verlander Lopez lineup, but it's strictly because Lopez is five K. That's the only reason I'm not I'm I'm hoping for twelve. Is basically what I'm doing is hoping for twelve with Lopez and it's not a horribly likely outcome. I would not suggest
2: playing him. Yeah. Joray I played Jorge um against Detroit and it worked out, so Uh, Let's talk bats in this game. We'll start with Texas. Um, You know, where Lopez, where, where, where he has struggled has been lefty power bats. Uh, One of the best left-handed power bats in baseball is uh, Joey Gallo. Like just go ahead and chalk. If there's contact made in that at bat, that it's probably going to go a long way.
1: Yeah. two thirty-five ISO against lefties. Since the beginning of last year, only 17% K rate, 43% hard hit rate. And Gallo is Joey Gallo. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say. I don't mind throwing Chew or Mazzara or Odur in here. Like, all the lefties in the, on Texas are very much in play. A Full stack's in play, but if you're looking for one-off bats, it's Chew and it's Gallo for me.
2: Yeah, go- Goz- Guzman is back, too. Um, he's a little interesting as a one-off um, or part of a stack as well. Big-time fly ball hitter. A lot of power um, with him as well, so don't mind him. Uh, as far as the Royals bats go... Not a spot that I love the Royals. I don't mind Whit Merrifield. Like he's the one guy in this lineup that you can really trust against left-handed pitching. So, but he's so expensive that it's really tough to make it work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't really plan on using any Casey bats outside of maybe a random stack in Big Field tournaments just because of the power they have in there and if Miner gets gets beat up a little bit early like he has in a few starts he's had this season then Texas bullpen is not great.
2: It's taxed. That bullpen got used really quick on Tuesday. That bullpen is taxed.
1: Yeah, it wasn't like Houston where they just were hitting bomb after bomb. Like, Casey had a whole lot of base runners throughout the game.
2: Yeah, I think Shelby Miller got pulled in the second inning, so that bullpen got used quite a bit. Yeah, and they did not fare well either. (laughs) <laughs> they did not padres and dodgers eight total matthew strom against kentha maeda maeda 152 favorite uh any interest here in matthew strom no
1: not really i mean he's not a bad pitcher but he's not a great pitcher yet he's price tags way too much and he's going against the dodgers who are way too good of a team even against lefties
2: yeah, my my biggest issue with him is just the Dodgers have been a little bit better against left-handed pitching this season. You know, Kiki, you know David Freeze has been a great platoon for them, um, and just even like Bellinger hits left-handed pitching really well, and Strom has kind of struggled with lefties. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on Matthew Strom here, but if you're multi, mass multi-entering. I could see maybe playing him on a team or two um, because he is a guy that can put up like 20 plus points. It's just, he's not cheap either. So you're not getting a discount.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not worth it when you can get Sorka, Erman or Erod for about the same amount or less.
2: Yep. Um, and then as far as Kentai Maeda goes, um, I don't think this is a bad spot for him. My biggest issue with him is always the same thing. It's pitch count. You know he has to be super effective in the five or six innings that he's going to pitch. He did that last start against Washington, put up 27 and 0.7. That's his upside. I, I think that's like his ceiling game. Um, and I don't know if I want to pay 9200 on this slate with all these other guys around him, knowing that like it's probably going to end in the 15 to 22 range.
1: I mean, I got he, he's gotten up into the 90s and the 100s so far this season. Um, it just hasn't happened lately because he was doing so bad for a while. He pitched well this last game. I'm not going to be surprised if they let him go a little bit later on into the game here. So I don't mind going with Maeda. I mean, we know this San Diego team has a whole bunch of varieties that they like to throw in, and their lefties are not great outside of Hosmer. So I don't hate – um, it's just there's a few guys in that same price range. Like, I'd rather go with Minor, I'd rather go with Marquez, I'd rather go with Sorca. Um, So he'll make it into one or two of my lineups, but he's not a guy I'm going out of my way to go with.
2: Um, any interest in the Padres' bats?
1: Not really. No, no. I mean, they have a 3 6 implied team total. I'm fine with guys with a lot of power as one offs, pretty much. Machado, Reyes, um, maybe Renfro uh, would be the three guys that I would end up going with just because they can all hit bombs, and most of them did today. Uh, so I don't mind those power bats, and maybe a mini stack with those three guys It's going to be fairly low-owned, but not a huge fan of Padres just outside of low-owned power guys.
2: I got to pat myself in the back, Grant. I called the Machado off Kershaw home run yesterday on the podcast. Just patting myself on the back. Um, just want to throw that out there. I oh like what? you think time. you're better than
1: me? You think you're better than me?
2: No, I'm just <laughs> saying. Like I called the home run again and it was against Kershaw. Um, I like Fran, Re- Fran Mill Reyes, um, high K guy, low walk guy, with a lot of power. So hit me a home run walk, and, and I don't really have to worry about you walking. You're gonna either hit a home run or strike out. So. It's kind of what I like here. I don't mind going back to uh, Machado. You know, I know Hunter Renfro has been really good this season, but like we're the Hunter Renfro days of being cheap are like way beyond us. Like we're not getting him at a discount anymore. He's over four K. It was really nice when we we were paying like in the three Ks, but for the last like week, two weeks, he's just been too expensive.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, the Dodgers here, you know, obviously like Kiki Hernandez batting leadoff is interesting. Um, I don't really, I don't really hate anybody here, but I don't really love anybody. I think Kiki is a, a good cash game play at thirty six hundred, though.
1: I mean, so Stram's interesting. It's starting to be almost a big enough sample size where I'm starting to believe in his reverse splits, um, walking a whole lot more lefties than righties. Thing is, he has a decent changeup, and I don't think his slider is like entirely major league ready right now. He's obviously a young guy, and so he's getting a little off with his control, and he's relying heavily with his or more heavily with his changeup versus righties than he is versus lefties there, which is why there's a bit of reverse splits. So honestly, I, I'm I'm going to target a lefty stack because people aren't going to really use them too much. They don't know if they entirely believe in the reverse splits here. So Muncie, Seeger, Bellinger, all very much in play. And then Turner, I'll always use versus a lefty regardless of the reverse splits. Um, and Kike is always a guy I like to use too. So depending on what lineup they roll out and especially when they roll out, if it's rolled out later on in the day, they might be one of my top stacks on the entire board.
2: Yeah, you know, obviously like you talked about the reverse splits a little bit, but, you know, even when we're looking at the numbers for righties, you know, he has a 42% fly ball rate with a 45 point – three percent hard hit rate like he's still not generating a lot of soft contact so i don't have it up right in front of me but i would guess his babbitt is is pretty low against righties um just looking at the numbers uh because of the hit distance and all that stuff he's he's getting some long outs is what i would guess here so the babbitt is probably on his side but i i like kiki i like turner i don't mind bellinger it's just you're paying a ton of money for him but in a stack who cares um so I, i obviously don't hate the dodgers here Yep, right there with you. I really like him. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here for this Wednesday. Grant, give me your guy on the main slate uh, under 8K to get six or more strikeouts.
1: Gosh, this is the worst. Um, I mean, we're both just going to take a loss on this, I'm sure. Uh, But I'll take Jalen Beeks.
2: Oh, you took the guy. I was like I mean, wow, neither of us are going
1: to get this right cuz I don't think there is one.
2: <laughs> I almost got it right yesterday with Wade Miley. I don't know if he got six or six strikeouts. I mean, I'd take
1: yesterday Wade Miley versus anyone under 8K today.
2: Really? I would take Beeks. Like that was the guy that I wanted to take. Um I'm going to take Gio Gonzalez. Uh, I don't think he necessarily gets there, but I know he's a guy that can, you know, put up, you know, six or seven strikeouts in a game, so that's who I'm going to take. Um over 8k not to get 15 points. Uh who's your bust today? Strom. Oh, right. I like that call. I'm going to go Jake Arrieta. I don't think he gets there today. Um over 4k to hit a home run. Who's your expensive bat today to go yard?
1: I'm I'm going to go with Hoskins.
2: All right. I'm going to take Gallo. I
1: think picking him two out of the last three times.
2: (laughs) Yeah, good to to know. Yeah, I'm going to take Gallo. Um, Love Gallo today for a home run. Um, Under 4K to get two hits, who's your cheap guy? Uh, I'm just going to go with Carp. All right. You picked that so fast. I did not get a chance to look yet.
1: (laughs) I mean, he was the only one I remembered under 4K that. He's just always under 4K. There's really not a whole lot of under 4K bats today that I really like. And a few of them could kind of depend on their uh, lineup position.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Kiki Hernandez. I like it. I like his price today. Um, give me your stack to score six or more runs on the main slate.
1: I'm going to go a little off the board, go with the Dodgers.
2: All right. I am not going to take Houston. They should score six or more runs. They are the chalky stack. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Braves. Um, I don't know if they'll get some love today or not. Be really interesting to see what their projected ownership looks like against Michael he's a He's a name. He's a recognizable name. So it be interesting to see where everybody's at on him. But that's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.
1: Take it.